Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And may I just be the first to wish, I love this season between Thanksgiving and Christmas. May I just wish my my Jewish friends a blessed Hanukkah. I think it starts next week. My Christian friends the merriest of Christmas and all, everyone else. Happy holidays. I just love the holidays. It's just fun. Love decorating. Love the gift giving. Love the family time. The food. Oh my gosh. The problem is, I think I've already put on my 10 pounds of holiday weights. I don't know. I don't know if I can put on another. I don't know if I can go through the whole holidays, but we'll give it a good try. This is also a good time when you're going to see your transition. There's just a few plants left with fall color. Most of them have dropped their leaves from that last windstorm we had. There's a few. I just shot a, a picture of uh, flowering pears. They're kind of the last tree to turn red in the fall of the year. They'll always carry you into the first part of December, and then they'll finally drop their leaves. The next windstorm, they'll drop their leaves. I love flowering pears. Now, these do not put on actual pears, fruit fruiting pears, but they're related to them. They have the same pear leaf, same waxy leaf. It gets up to about 30 feet tall, 30, 35, somewhere in there. And, and wide, great shade tree, robust with that waxy leaf. It just really is drought hardy. But its real claim to fame are twofold. One, the fall color. It's the last tree to turn fall in the, in the year. It's just beautiful. I mean, it's fire engine red. But it's counter. In spring, it has this beautiful white flower, like bridal white flower. It's just, and it's covered before it sets a leaf. It is just absolutely, it's a solid ball of white. And it's real pretty. It's one of those pollinators for bees when they first come out. They're foraging very hungry in the very early spring, usually April, end of March even. It'll go into bloom. And so it's got a great, and then shade tree in the fall. It's got a, an interesting bark to it. It's not quite like aspen white, but it's very light gray. It's very dist- very pretty out in the yard. So that's what that's what's going on right now. The maples, they're pretty much done. Uh, the sumacs, they've been over for two three weeks. They've been they've been naked. They've been bare or deciduous is what we call that a deciduous tree, deciduous shrub. And there's evergreen trees and shrubs doesn't mean they're ever they're always green it means they always have foliage on them so uh, some of your junipers that last cold snap they started to go from green to light gray or purple or they have different hues to them your uh, nandinas or heavenly bamboos if they're out in the full sun as it gets cooler they'll actually get this beautiful red color to them so they're they've got foliage on them so they're defined as ever green but really, an evergreen can have this changing color, the foliage, as the, as the day part, as the daylight uh, length of day gets shorter and shorter. It changes colors. As the temperature changes, it gets, changes color. As there's frost, it changes different kinds of colors. And you'll find that shade is different from sun. Out in the sun, they get more color, actually. More in the shade, they'll stay that same just, just green. Ever, they're truly just evergreen. 
And so it's just plants are so fascinating in, in, in how they react and, and the microclimates that they're put into. This last week, I wrote an article on hardiness zones. What is our growing zone? What does that even mean? USDA zone, hardy, hardy zones. Let me just quickly define that because it's a question that often comes up. That's the reason I put that article out there. Um, if you want that article, take a look. It's at watersgardencenter.com under blog. It'll be the first blog. You can't miss it. Every week I write an article on that's thematic, that's right for the season, and it's right there. So our USDA zone, this is the national zone, and it's rating by how cold will plants go down to. And so we need plants in this middle central highlands area, the center part of Arizona, really from Kingman down to Spring Valley, Cortis Junction, all the way over to really Cottonwood, Payson, Sedona, back over to Prescott, Prescott Valley, Dewey, Humboldt. We're all the same zone pretty much. We're a zone seven. Okay, it might vary a little bit. Jerome, you might be a zone eight because you're up there on that hillside. You get that sunlight, first sunlight right there. You're east facing. It's perfect for growing things in containers. Just the soil's terrible, but you can grow the, the cold hardiness. It's a zone eight. Kingman, you're going to be a zone eight. Uh, Cortis Junction, zone eight. Really Skull Valley, hillside, Kirkland, zone eight. Prescott, Prescott Valley, uh, Dewey Humboldt, zone seven. So a zone eight can grow a zone seven plant or six, five, four, three, two, one. You can grow that. You just can't grow higher. So if yours is a zone six, let's say Flagstaff, Williams, you all are going to be a zone five or six. You need plants that can go sub zero. So every year you all get below zero. You need plants that can handle that. They've got enough antifreeze within the structure of that plant to take on that cold and go, yeah, I'm fine. No worries here. And they come out in spring and go, let's bloom again. Let's, let's, let's put on foliage, just put on more fruit again. You need plants that are a zone five or a four or a three, two, one. So you need plants that can go down to minus 10 degrees or lower, uh, but not a zone seven. You can't grow zone seven up there. You need plants because they would get killed off. But in Prescott, we're a zone seven. So we can grow zone six, five, four, three, two, one. So we got more range, more variety, more options for us. The higher the number, once you get into Phoenix, that's when it gets kind of funky. Uh, down there, there's a zone 10, 11, 12s, Palm Springs. Um, there, it's, it's desert plants. If you even look at those things cold, they'll die. So there, you can't grow a, uh, a let's say, a, a lilac tree or Rose of Sharon's or some of these more, these, these zone seven plants down there. It gets too hot. Yeah, you can cheat it, you gardeners. I never, never tell a gardener what they can or can't do. They'll always find a way. They'll create microclimates. They'll put it in the shade, put some shade cloth over it. They'll protect it. They'll make it go. But generally speaking, the Joe average guy, or if you just don't want to work that hard, you want to stick with your zone. Now, the Phoenix is going to be zone 10, really... 10, 9, 8 range, 7s, they're just going to burn up in the summer down there. But up here, we can grow all those perennials. Most of your perennials are going to be a zone 5, 6, or 7. That's echinaceas and gallardias and salvias, all the exotic, beautiful grasses that we grow. We're so famous for up here. You can grow all of those up here. 
and they'll take the cold. They might go underground like a perennial does, but it will come back fresh from the ground. And you have a whole new plant. And so most of your fruit trees are zone seven, six, five, four, somewhere in that range. These are all your apples and pears and cherries. They do wonderfully up here. They can take our cold and come right back out of it. So zones, your USDA zone, that you need to know what your zone is. And I had put a, a zip code calculator, actually linked into the, the federal site, the USDA federal gauge. It's here, put your zip code in, it'll tell you what your zone is. If you're really in doubt, come talk to your local garden centers. We know what our zones and your neighborhood. We'll know what your, your neighborhood's zone is. But in general, we're going to be a zone five, six, seven here in the maybe eight for those outlying areas, the, the lower elevations, 4,000 foot to 4,500, somewhere in there. You, you all are a zone eight. If we're in that six, five, 6,000 square foot or, uh, altitude, we're going to be a zone mm, six, seven. If you're above that, you're going to be a zone colder. So probably a zone five or six. And that's what that is. We're all pretty much the same. When that storm races across the desert and hits us, it, that, that snow and that cold dumps on all of us. In fact, interesting, where the washes are, it's actually colder. You're actually a zone colder than up on the hills, hilltops. Warm air rises. Cold air sinks and almost runs like a river through the back through those dry washes. And so that's why you don't want to plant that new peach tree or apple tree next to that dry wash. You really want it up on the hillside, just out of that cold, so it doesn't get frosted when it's got that new blossom in spring or new fruits coming on. So that's zones in a nutshell. We went into depth with examples and photos and lists. Goes into if this if that's of interest, look at watersgardencenter.com blog. It'll be right there. We have Lisa Waters Lane coming in with your garden questions right after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters October companion plants that grow well together are burning bush, spicy mums, glamour kale, and red fox sedge. Fox sedge has striking clumps of red foliage that fades to flocks, giving off a warm glow. An attractive foliage effect in container gardens, perennial beds, and fountain accents. A good choice in poor draining pockets along dry stream beds and beside large landscape boulders. You'll find foxy red grasses, just $17, here at Waters Garden Center. Google, give me directions to Waters Garden Center. Gardening has always come natural to me. Green thumbs, they just run in the family. So when the Family Garden Center was offered to Lisa and I, we jumped on the opportunity. I've always loved coming to the nursery, being surrounded by all the beauty, helping the backyard gardener and passing on some of that natural magic that happens so easily for me. We aren't just selling plants, we're offering garden success. My name is Ken Lane, owner, and you'll feel the magic here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road, here in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener, green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we are back in the studio with Lisa Waters Lane. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors talking about? And so we have been road trip 
Warriors this week. Yes. Austin, Texas and back. That's a thousand miles out, a thousand <laughs> miles back. It felt like 10,000 miles. No, it did not. <laughs> what it was, we went to go visit kids, our Thanksgiving mm-hmm. thing. So small gatherings. Trust me, we had our masks on. You know, I noticed I cleaned the car up. And road trips anymore, when you get done, there's like Funyuns and face masks <laughs> all over the car. I mean, it's crazy. Must have picked up 10 of them. And then there's 50 more in the glove box. You just always have a box of 50. Always so got to have them ready. Every time you fuel, every mm-hmm. time you go anywhere, you just have one. Right. Anyway, the kids needed help painting. Yes, they painted and we painted. We told them we'd help and we did. And yeah. we helped the other kids with their yard work and did some pruning and cleaning up. So it was a working vacation. Yeah, sure. <laughs> for, for, yeah, sure was. So, Plus but it was three grandkids. Good to see the kids, the yes. grandkids. Our yes. son just got back from training. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess uh, the the I don't know. I, the logistics are crazy, but basically their entire brigade uplifts and goes and does test field field testing things. He's gone for a month at a mm-hmm. time, so he's been. He got back on Monday, Monday and Tuesday. We were going to come back Sunday. Said, hey. James is coming back. Well, let's uh, let's just hang out with him for yeah. a couple of days and head back fun. home. So he made captain while he was away. That's mm-hmm. very proud of him. Yay! <laughs> so it's very exciting. He has three kids. Kind of those of you that know James Lane. You know he grew up here. You know who I'm talking about. That's uh, you should be proud. He's done well. He has done well. Yeah. So garden questions. What are people talking about? Is there anything to talk about Thanksgiving weekend <laughs> other than Black Friday, buy a new TV, what's going on, Amazon, still, eBay, Best Buy? A lot of them, didn't they change that? Because they didn't want all the people in the store at once, yeah. so they were kind of trying to make it all week yeah. kind of things. So. They've been doing it for like two months already, yeah. <laughs> Black, you know, all these special. In fact, yeah. I heard a story, I don't know if this is true. I mean, Amazon, please don't tell, send me a cease and desist. <laughs> your exec lives here in Prescott. Uh, but basically, the, the deliveries, and you see this, are becoming longer. They're at capacity. Deliveries oh, yeah. are taking way longer than normal. Yeah. There's a so, lot going on out there. Yeah. A lot of people shipping, shopping online. But Waters still has wonderful, amazing stuff you can come in and pick out. You could touch and feel and smell and taste <laughs> some of organic herbs yes. right out there. Living Christmas trees just mm-hmm. arrived this week. So all, yeah. all the poinsettias came in this they week. Did. It's very it feels very festive in a garden center sort of way. You got it. Yep. So. But questions. We do have a few questions. There's still people out in their yards still doing stuff. Uh, Maya has a question about some new f- fruit trees that she had planted late summer. The deer are having their way with them, kind of just keep messing <laughs> yeah. with them. So her question is, is there anything she can do uh, to keep those deer out of there? So deer, the deer like the taste of fruit trees. They're very sweet. So the bark is actually sweet. The sap underneath the bark is sweet. The leaves are sweet. The branches are sweet. And the fruit is sweet. Uh, so they're very interested. So you need to keep the deer off until they are old enough to protect themselves. And that's usually, they're going to be above head height. Mm-hmm. They've got some serious bark on them now that keeps them off. So what do you do? Uh, you got to put some fencing or some sort of barrier around it so they can't reach in and just start stripping the bark off is what they do. 
Um, so there's some tree wrap you can do. So we had planted a new walnut tree down in Skull Valley. Mm-hmm. And the elk and the deer both thought yeah. that was the greatest thing ever. And so I lightly wrapped some uh, bird netting mm-hmm. around the trunk. That, that confused them. They didn't know what to do, and it kept them off. Uh, they actually make actual tree trunk wrap that you can put around it. That will keep them off. Or you put a physical like field fence, like four foot high, you know, four foot out, so they can eat a few branches that reach out over that, but they can't lean in and just eat the whole thing down to the ground. Mm-hmm. So do something like that will help you. The tree wrap, the benefit of that is, uh, now that the, the fruit trees have started to lose their their leaves, really just the pears have are the only thing that leaves yeah. left a few apples. Um, if you wrap it with tree wrap, it keeps the sun scald off. What happens is, the, the south side of the trunk can become sunburned, and, and it can crack. Mm-hmm. And so we call that sun scald. You can Google that. It'll pop right up. At the south side, there'll be a up and down the tree, tree trunk, there'll be this crack. That's from the sun getting to it. That's the reason they paint the trunks white on trees, is to reflect that sunlight, to keep, to regulate the, the temperature. Well, um, if you've got deer issues, you can go ahead and wrap it with a tree wrap, and it does the same thing, protects the, the trunk from from deer and from the sun both. There's kind of multiple benefits. Mm-hmm. I would say the main thing you can do if they started to eat a little bit, fertilize, fertilize, fertilize. I can't emphasize that enough. We don't fertilize enough our plant foods. I'm not talking manure like you Midwest folks think of. I'm talking a well-rounded, balanced plant food, a fruit tree food, an evergreen fruit. Give it those kinds of things and the plant will grow its way out of any damage that might have been done by deer, porcupine, javelina, rabbits. So speaking of our son, we were helping him out in the yard and they have a brand new, well, it's a six month old uh, golden doodle. Yeah. And boy, he was teething. <laughs> Man, he was teething. There were, I don't think there was a tree in the yard that didn't have a chunk of something taken yeah, out of it. Yeah. So, yeah, that can be very destructive, too. It's hard on them because their teeth, they just hurt. They're trying to chew on things. And trees, plants have this, especially softer, mm-hmm. sweeter plants. Yeah. Have a, the perfect, it's better than a bone. It's softer. <laughs> it's, but, yeah. He had wonderful, amazing bones. But, no, he had to go chew on yeah, the trees. Yeah, of course. That's puppies. For, anyone's uh, had a puppy. Oh you gosh. know what we're talking about. Definitely. All right. So Fred would like to know, this summer he had to deal with a lot of gopher issues. He's pretty sure he got them eradicated. But he wants to know, does he need to keep an eye out for them in the wintertime or do they hibernate? Good. That's actually a pretty good question. That that's uh, So they do hibernate. They'll go down about three, four feet, sometimes six feet deep. I've seen holes that deep uh, and just camp out. That's only during very cold winters. They're saying this winter is going to be warmer and drier. If that's the case, the gophers will be right up right up at the surface. In fact, if it snows, I've actually seen them come out of the ground and burrow through the snow. They didn't tunnel through the ground. Through the snow, you'll see tunnels. So it just depends. Uh, you, ideally, the ground freezes. They hibernate. They just kind of they stop eating stuff, doing damage, and they go real deep. They'll come back next into February, March. Keep an eye on them. If you're in Gopher territory, and you all you all know who you are. That's Prescott Valley, you know, all the way out to Dewey, all the way out to Paulden, Chino Valley, Skull Valley. That whole that whole valley area is like Gopher heaven, a pocket Gophers. We don't have 
moles here, like the East Coast folks. We have pocket gophers. Or voles. Or voles. We don't have. We do have voles, which is a oh. field mouse. Oh, okay. We don't have my moles. Bad. I confused. I gotta it. pronounce my words better. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, keep an eye out. They can be active. In the middle of winter, it depends on how cold it gets. That's all pack rats the same way, ground squirrels the same way. So, kind of keep an eye out. We're in this range, we're in this, this chaparral area where it's 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 manzanitas and junipers and and pinion pines and ponderosas where it's 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 cold, but it's not really cold, which is why we live here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can get bitter cold for a week and then it warms right back up. And so as soon as it's warm, they'll come up foraging for roots, and they're eating the roots of your fruit trees, of your new shrub you just planted, of that new spinach you're, you're growing through winter, the winter flowers like pansies and violas. They'll be really interested in those. And so because there's less of their normal stuff to eat, and so they'll just be there's more condensed pressure right now. Uh, from all the vermin mm-hmm. uh, that are all the mammals, they'll come after them and then eat things. I would say the same way with grubs. You can always see see insects. The ground is not frozen ice solid. They can be active. It doesn't matter if it's snow, rain, or whatever. So, so we still need to be, be vigilant up there yeah. in the yard because those critters. Those are darn out critters. There. All right. Well, that's good questions this week. Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. We'll be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters October companion plants that grow well together are blaze maples, spicy mums, glamour kale, and burning bush. Waters compact burning bush is a neat, well-behaved shrub prized for its blazing red foliage in the fall. Looks great when planted with autumn gold sumacs, lilacs, and gold euonymus. At six foot, this bush makes a natural hedge that burns red through autumn, all for $49. You'll find the showiest shrubs here at Waters Garden Center. Siri, give me directions to Waters Garden Center. You might say I've been part of the local garden scene even before birth. My father started the very first garden center in northern Arizona and ran the family business with my mother, even while she was pregnant. The nursery was my preschool, with many joyous after-school hours spent playing in the family business. Waters isn't just a garden center. It's a safe place for kids and pets alike. My name is Lisa Waters Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road, here in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So the yard can look a little messy right now with all those leaves. It's rolling around, kind of blowing into corners. Um, How important is it to rake up all those leaves or needles as far as that goes. If you, you folks up in that, you know, the Timber Ridge, Highland Pines, up in those 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 pine forests, you know, the pine trees drop a lot of needles right now. So everything's going into their winter mode. And so how much is, is too much is really, really the question. So if you've got lawns or flower beds or vegetable gardens, 
Um, you really don't want those leaves to settle on top of that lawn. Like I've got a thyme lawn, like creeping thyme, and leaves, I've got a maple right on top of it, and leaves have dropped. And I'm trying to keep those leaves sort of raked up. I'm, I just want sunlight to get down to the foliage of my creeping thyme. Otherwise, if it stays under, under that layer for more than a week or two, you'll start to get rotting or it will start to go subterranean. That, that time will go underground because it can't see the sunlight. Molds start to happen. So it gets too wet, too, stays too moist underneath the leaves. It creates kind of this shell or this, this top dressing that is okay for a little bit, but you really don't want it to stay on there. So it is important to rake leaves up, to rake needles up. The way that junipers and pine trees operate, this is purely defense. They know that there are limited resources in the forest. And so what they'll do is they'll shed their needles or their, their conifers. So they've got a needle to them, whether it's a juniper, Arizona cypress, deodor cedar, pine tree, whatever it is, it's shedding. So underneath, directly underneath the foliage, you'll see this leaf litter or pine straw as what it's defined as pine mulch. And so it's, it's looking to bury everything underneath it. Literally, it'll try to shed as many as it can to bury so no plant would dare want to set a seed and start to grow underneath this. Not only that, but some plants, like your, your native alligator junipers, uh, they actually taint the soil. They put uh, poisons in it so nothing can grow except it. It likes, the, it likes this kind of soil, but nothing else does. And so you won't find a lot of different kinds of plants growing underneath these plants. Well, that's fine if it's out in the forest, but if it's in your own backyard and you've got a piece of art underneath that and you're trying to downlight it and uplight it and have, have gardens underneath, you need to clean up some of these pine needles. Then, so many of us tuned in, this, this broadcast range goes from the wildland interface and, and, and the wildfire interfaces. So we've got a lot of this interaction with the forests that are out there, and we need to think in terms of defense. How do I protect my home from fire, from animals, from different things that are in the forest? And fire is one of those big things that we need to think about. Not everyone here cares about that. I understand. You don't have that worry about pine, uh, that that wildfire getting up in the canopies of the pinyon pines, the ponderosas, and it just rages through neighborhoods. Everything is vaporized before their eyes. I mean, just it's dangerous. Uh, you need to think in terms of how can I keep that fire from, how can I help the firefighters fight this fire through my yard? And what pine needles do, they're kind of like a, a, a they're like a matchstick. They're like a fuse. And so if we can keep that fire down on the ground and easy to maintain, the firefighters can fight that all day long. The second it jumps up into the canopies, it's just run. You, there's no saving anything. Just get out of there because it's way too dangerous. And then the wind gets to it and it just carries it quickly, like the speed of wind. That's how fast it can travel. But if we can keep that fire on the ground with simple pruning, uh, keeping the, the you, you folks in those areas, I'm not going into, that's not for this show. I've got a whole lesson on just how to prevent wildfires, uh, how to mitigate that with landscaping. But the pine needles, a few are good. But if you've got more than, let's say, three or four inches of pine needles, it's getting dangerous. Now, all of a sudden, there's fuel there for it to burn through. So you want to clean that up, rake some of it up. Uh, don't, don't rake all of it up because now your pine trees become 
dry. They're exposed to sunburning, uh, drying out the soils. Weeds can now compete. So help that plant compete to, to prevent weeds from growing, to keep the ground moist, to keep the sun off, that, off the root zones so the plant be, remains healthy, but remove most of it, except for, for about, again, the book says about four inches or less, uh, but take most of those needles out so that burning, that, that smoldering fire can't creep across the ground and then ignite other things in the yard. Pine needles, they're good. Leaves, they're good. They're good mulch. Chew them up. I, I send mine all through the, the lawnmower. Then I'll top dress my flower beds. I'll drop, drop dress around my roses. It's like, it's like gold. It's perfect. It's great. Plants feed off of it. The worms love it. And so this is good stuff. But don't leave it on the lawn. Don't leave it out there where it just builds up. You don't maintain it until next spring. That's not so good. It's not as healthy for the gardens. So rake up at your convenience. Uh, let it blow in the corners. That's fine. And then use it. Add it to the compost bin or bag it. Get it off there. Uh, but that's how you deal with fall in the mountains of Arizona. Be right back after this. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Water's October companion plants that grow well together are blaze maple, burning bush, Arizona creeper, spicy mums, and glamour kale. Few flowers are more elegant in fall than water's glamour kale. The autumn colors are perfect for containers, beds, and borders. And it's so easy to grow. This unique Prescott selection is an award winner for cold hardiness, intense red, purple flowers in a frilly package, all for $9. You'll find bright fall flowers here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we are back in the studio with Lisa Waters Lane. She comes each week and just we give this segment to her to hear her garden thoughts. What's going on in her gardens? Her garden designs, just what is she seeing out in the gardens? So welcome back to the studio, Lisa. Thank you. So we, I do have to give a shout out, if you don't mind, if I could just kind of throw something, a good Samaritan <laughs> announcement. Yes. There is good in the world. I know a lot of people are bitter and they're fatigued and they're just tired and they're angry and they're just, they're just pent up and, but... You and I went hiking up Granite Mountain, mm -hmm. or a hill out by Granite Mountain, right. in a very exclusive spot. We've been doing it for decades, and it's no one really goes up there. We just have, kind of have this spot that we go, and we take the dogs, and it's a beautiful vista. And uh, I lost my wallet up on the hillside somewhere. I don't know you, where. You didn't know you had lost your wallet up I, there. Well, I didn't know I'd Let's lost my wallet. clarify that. You didn't yeah. know. <laughs> I have such faith that people that I will find it eventually <laughs> that I just don't I don't call in the credit cards and get Never. a new license right Freaks away because I always find it later. But 
a good Samaritan was out there hiking in the boonie off the beaten path, found my wallet, and mailed it back to me. You didn't give me a name. You didn't say what I just put it in an envelope and mailed it back and said, I just want to say over the open airwaves, wow, what a great thing. Thank you. I appreciate that. The headaches of going and getting all your stuff to, to replace them. Yes, you can do it, but it's just like methodical. It's just a lot of work. It's much easier to have a good Samaritan just find it, <laughs> put it in the mail, and, and like traditional old like envelope, address, stamp, mailed it back and had it back from our road trip. It was sitting there waiting for me. Thank you very much, whoever that was. It was super nice. Super, super nice. Yeah. Yep. And I did check the credit cards. You didn't use them. So (laughs) truly, truly a good Samaritan. (laughs) Yeah. You're the worst with your wallet. Well, don't say that over the airwaves. You are. True. You're the worst with your cell phone. That is true. (laughs) That's probably not as bad as a a, A wallet with credit cards. Yeah. Anyway, anyways, keep, there is good in the well, world. And that was very, very nice of someone to do that. Yes. We'll go yes. hiking up there again. We will. If we find your wallet, we'll send it back to you. <laughs> yes, we would. So this week, we got going on. We've passed Thanksgiving. So, you know, the day after Thanksgiving, you can put all your Christmas stuff up, right? Yay! <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanksgiving dinner, football, yeah. and decorations. Decorations. So it is that time now to put your fall stuff away and start thinking Christmas. And kind of, a you know, I think more people are staying home this year. They're not traveling as much because of all the COVID and whatever going on. So people are enjoying their homes once again. And it's fun to decorate your home for Christmas. It is fun to decorate your home. I love decorating. And we've got grandkids and kids and Coming back, coming back from Austin and El Paso, mm-hmm. and they're coming back from everywhere. So, like, you know, whenever you've got family coming to visit, kind of, kind of in waves through December, yeah. I want the place to look. I want it to festive. look festive. Yeah, I want it to yeah. look good outside and in. Right, right. So, some of the plants that we have that you can definitely use to decorate your home with. We've got some really pretty ones in uh, poinsettias. Very much throughout traditional. Everybody should have a poinsettia, right? Right, sure, yeah. <laughs> They're, they, I don't know, to me they just scream Christmas, you know, and I'm the type of person, I don't keep it around forever. The day after Christmas, I'm done, I throw it away, and I give you permission to throw yours away too. <laughs> she really does that, folks. It I'm is okay you. <laughs> to use them to decorate with for this month and then toss it. Our holiday plants might make it to the new year. Never ever make it to valentine's which is also red i mean you could use it then too but anyway that's true but yeah poinsettia is very traditional gotta have those we also have a really nice selection of christmas cactus in so we have those in four inch six inch and eight inch Um, and those you shouldn't throw away after you should keep they're truly (laughs) and they're a little more expensive too so they're and they last forever i mean i don't know how many people come in they go oh i have my grandmother's christmas cactus so definitely one you want to keep but very pretty different colors white pink yellow uh red and white all kinds of different colors out there in the christmas cactus very pretty and we got some rosemary and lavender trees 
which if you want to bring a little fragrance into your home, that would be fabulous. And they, they've shaped them to look like little Christmas trees. You can put little ornaments on them if you want, or just little bows on them. Oh, they just smell so good. I got to tell you, we're keeping the door, you know, the doors open at the mm-hmm. gardens and just this whole COVID CDC right. spacing stuff. But I walked in after those, those lavenders came in and the whole store smelled <laughs> like, like, like an herb shop. It was mm-hmm. beautiful and not that kind of herb. You track, track with me. Now, listen. So, um, not the stinky herb. So the actual culinary herbs, mm-hmm. it just smelled like rosemary and lavender. It smelled really good. Yeah, it was very nice. We have some bigger sizes of them and some smaller sizes to suit every need. And my, I think you could easily put those outside by a front door if you had a little more of a little protected or covered yeah, uh, spot to put them in. Because they yeah. can take the cold... Uh, we just want to keep them looking nice. As long so. as you keep them moist. Mm-hmm. They'll take any amount of cold as long as they're, as soon as they get dry and it goes real cold, that's when they get damaged. Right. You keep them moist, boy, they just shine right just through. But they're going. really made for Inside. tabletops, yeah. you know, dinners, mm-hmm. middle of that beautiful kitchen counter, just oh, yeah. that whole area, that whole Definitely. indoor decor, because they'll take all that. Mm-hmm. And the smell. Oh, so good. I think they'd be terrific uh, little great gifts if you're hostess gifts. Oh, that's you know, a good idea. If you're headed we have a party on. next Tuesday we got to go to our first of the season. Can't oh, wait. No, it's dark. Breaking out their ugly sweaters. Oh. No, maybe not. The bow ties. <laughs> the, the red bow tie. The red bow yeah, tie. Yeah, that's me. And my shovel, my boots, <laughs> my bow tie. Just, It'd be a very cute little hostess gift if you're yeah. going somewhere. We also have some amaryllis in. So amaryllis are the... Uh, the bulb has that big bulb, brown bulb at the bottom, and then yeah. it puts on those big red trumpet-shaped flowers. Um, so we don't, we have the, well, okay, they, we do have the bulb, but they're already growing. Right, so. right. We started <laughs> yeah. them months, weeks ago, right. one months ago, yeah. and now they're about to bloom. There's no waiting. It's like now. Yeah, instantaneous. But they're always fun, especially if you have... Um, Younger kids in the house because oh, yeah. they grow so fast and they like to watch them. They remind me of like a tulip on steroids. Ah. I mean, just they got that tulip-shaped flower, mm-hmm. but not just one flower. It's got like four on one stem, right. and it'll send up multiple stems. It's, just, it's an amazing, mm-hmm. amazing bulb. It's so easy, easy to grow. Right, definitely. And then we have some anthurium. What? Um, I know. <laughs> Which people are going, Anthurium, isn't that the Hawaiian state flower? And yes, it is. But <laughs> pretty bright red color. So it really looks attractive with your Christmas decorations. So you have those dark green leaves with the big bright red, kind of almost heart-shaped flower uh, sitting above the foliage. And it's just very attractive. Going to add color into your home. There again, that's one you keep. Don't throw it away. <laughs> now, that's that one. one I was reading on the you know, interior design blogs mm-hmm. this week. They were saying use anthuriums because they, they last so much longer and the color stays on oh, the plants for months mm-hmm. and months and months. Whereas a poinsettia, really after the season, it starts to drop leaves. It looks ugly. It just fades very away. quick. And it looks holiday-ish. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like a house plant. It looks like a Christmas plant. Right. And so anthuriums or bromeliads, they had several that they used. Mm-hmm. To just use as, as decor now, but then also it keeps going through all the other holidays to come through Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So we also got some that are um, kind of a variegated pink and white oh, color. Neat. I haven't seen that. That's really neat. pretty. I that. I'm thinking there might be one that finds its way to our house. Yep, I, maybe two. <laughs> you get one, I get one. I want one for my office. 
Uh, no, we can't. Okay. All right. <laughs> no, you can't. I'll enjoy yours. I'm fine with that. Uh, so it's a really fun way to bring in those plants, bring the outside in for the holidays. We also have a lot of other really pretty, just nice house plants. Uh, if you have company coming and you need to do a little sprucing up around the home, yeah. uh, beautiful African violets that came in. So if you're an African and violet enthusiast, you got to check out the new ones of those. There is a difference in genetics with plants, for sure. Just like people. There's beautiful plants, and there's some that aren't as nice to look at. And we specialize in the genetics. We, we're growing the ones that are, like, you just look at them and go, whoa, that's that's not just a poinsettia. That is a whoa poinsettia. It's not just a Christmas cactus. It's like, wow, that's pretty cool. Adderiums, there's a lot a lot to that. Sure. So the, and the store is filled. You get bored or just frustrated with all those crowds down at the <laughs> box store, come out and just take a a breath and stroll through the plants here at Waters Garden Center. Ken Elisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. Be right back. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Waters October companion plants that grow well together are Burning Bush, Arizona Creeper, Spicy Mums, Glamour Kale, and Prescott Blaze Maple. Prescott Blaze Maples have extreme growth of three feet or more each year. The fall color glows like embers in a blaze hot fire. Thus the name. There's no better red maple to plant locally. Perfect for patios or any place shade is needed. And a big bold tree is just $149. You'll find the best fall shade trees here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-Home Garden Consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. This is the weekend when we start to set out the decorations. In the landscape, around the house, in the house. So in our house, we've got the bathrooms are all decorated. I mean, the girls just went crazy. We can't see the mirror anymore. It's all got frost and cotton and snowman. It's just, it's just beautiful. It's fun. It's festive. I love it. The smell of, of brownies and cookies are almost continual at our house. We're a, we're a house full of bakers. I just love it. I'm, I'm, this is great for me. Um, outside the house, there are some plants that some evergreens that are just more holiday-ish. I thought I'd cover some of those. And, and if you're decorating, you want one of these, just you want to plop one at the perfect spot looking through that bay window out by the street or the mailbox or on a deck or out the back sliders. You can plant plants right now. It is no worries. They're going to thrive. They'll actually continue to root. They'll actually set buds. Um, and, and there's just a way to plant those and they really take off and they love the winter. These are winter evergreens and they like to be planted 
in the winter. Here are the ones that have the most holiday flavor to them. And, and you always have to start with the Colorado spruce. This is a plant that grows up and down the ridgelines of the entire Rocky Mountains. From Canada all the way down to Prescott, Arizona, you will find Colorado spruce growing wild on the hillsides. They like the cold. But the beauty of those are they've got a central leader, so a trunk that goes straight up, and then big swooping branches that come off of those. And so it has this perfect Christmas tree look to it. And so Colorado spruce, it's a big tree though. It grows fast. I'm talking 18, 24 months, uh, 24 inches in a year. It just is methodical. And it grows it not just in the top. It grows all over, 360. All the branches grow two feet. I mean, just it just grows. It gets exponentially larger every year. And that's why it's so pretty. It has this blue-silver kind of color to it, where when you put twinkle lights on it, it just picks up the color on those on those lights. It just looks good with bows, looks good with 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 balls, and just it just screams holidays. It can be too big for a lot of yards, so they came out with several genetically dwarfed varieties, and this is called Fat Albert spruce, hoop size spruce. Uh, there's several, Baccarai. There, if it's got a name and it says spruce, probably it's either one or two things. It's been, it's been taught or it's been groomed, bred to be smaller. So it'd be like we've got standard size poodles, then we've got miniature poodles. It's that same exact thing. We bred one to be smaller. Or it's got a really fancy color. So it could be pure, just this silver. It doesn't, it's not blue. It is silver. Crazy colors to them. If it's got a name in front of spruce, it's very exotic. It's different. It's unusual. And they all do really, really well here in the mountains of Arizona. And you could plant them now. You could decorate them now. Uh, the negative, well, okay. The negative with planting now is when you plant them, you'll probably have to stake them. So you might want to do something fun with the stakes on either side of the tree. So wrap them, make them look like candy canes, something. Uh, but the reason we're staking those trees now is we can get a lot of snow from now through February, first part of March. And so these new trees can load up with literally hundreds of pounds of snow. So it can fall over. It doesn't harm them, but it will. those new root hairs it formed will be broken. And so you have to set it back up. And so if you just stake them, it keeps them from falling over from the weight of the snow. Purely, it's a snow snow event, You're trying to keep the snow off. If they're small, it doesn't matter. There's not enough mass for them to, to load up with snow. But the bigger ones can really have a, literally lots and lots of snow. The weight, you can just get them to fall over. So that's that's the only caveat. Good to plant them. They'll continue to root. Just make sure you stake them for this time of year. Some others that I like, especially if you need privacy. Now, with a spruce tree, these Christmas tree-looking trees, they'll have a, a the top of the tree is is smaller, and then at the base of the tree it gets very long. So again, every branch is growing a little bit more each year. And so as it grows taller, it gets wider and wider and wider. Some trees are better at privacy screen because they hold their mass from the top right down to the bottom, better than others. My favorite for this time of year, just because it's a natural for the mountains of Arizona, pine trees. Pine tree, we're surrounded by some of the world's largest pine forests, ponderosa pine forests, pinion pines. There's a lot of different pines that grow up here. 
One of my favorites is Austrian pine. Yes, it's a European pine. It's long-needled. It's related to our ponderosa pine, but it keeps its foliage right down to the ground. Much better at screening. Ponderosa pines, really, you're planting a trunk in the yard. You really don't get to appreciate the foliage. It's all up above the roof line. The reason it does that, I don't know if I want to go into that here. That's too much detail. The reason a ponderosa grows that way is purely so it can live through a forest fire. Forest fires roll through a forest on the ground. If it puts all of its foliage up off the ground, and as a wildfire kind of roams around through the leaf litter and burns out all everything else, all of its competition, its foliage is fine, and so it continues to grow. That's why some of these ponderosas are massive, hundreds, 100 feet tall, not unusual. And so all the foliage is up there. Well, in my landscape, I really don't want that. I want something that looks good right down to the ground. And I'll find other ways to mitigate fire. I'm not in a neighborhood where I'd have to worry about that. So there I want an Austrian pine, long-needle pine, that dip, deep, rich green. It's also less prone to bark beetle, ips beetle, bark flathead borer, all the all the the bugs that tend to eat some of the pine trees, this one is less prone to get that. It's just a robust, beautiful, it's just a holiday tree. It's got that rich green to it, and it just holds its foliage better, especially if you're trying to screen out a neighbor's, that new Class A RV they just parked right next to your bedroom. Oh, we can make that go away here, and probably by the end of next year's growth, it grows 24 inches a year. I mean, it's, it's an amazing, a fast-growing pine tree. Then you get into pinion pines, some of your native-y kind of pines. They're, they're, more, they're more western, south rough looking. They're not as formal looking. Although we try to groom them, we've got quite a few native pines here that we're trying to groom and make them look more ornamental. Uh, but it just takes a lot more work. And still, they're going to have this more form that looks wilder, like, they're, like it just belongs here. Then you get into a series of junipers, Italian cypress, Arizona cypress. These are not really Christmas tree looking things, although they can be decorated to look quite holiday-ish. They look good with lights and bows and ribbons and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and they can be planted right now, no problems, uh, but, but they don't have that needle to them. Everyone thinks, oh, I want swooping branches and a needle. These have more of a juniper needle. It is a conifer. It does have a needle, but they're just so short. They're not as defined. They don't have the layering of the branch structure like a spruce or a pine tree does. But it comes close. But it's very robust. Animals, they just don't seem, they don't bother uh, a, a, any kind of juniper. They don't bother Arizona cypress. The na- these are natives that grow wild around them. And so they adapt really well, very robust and you can decorate them. I've seen some some magical things. A designer can really go crazy with some of these juniper-looking kinds of plants. Then probably the last one, deodore cedar. Deodore cedars are probably the fastest growing and largest of all the evergreens. This thing is a beast. It's it looks innocent here at the garden center, but it grows three, four feet a year. I mean, it's fast growing. It gets up to 50, 60, 70 feet tall and 25 feet wide. This thing has ginormous. It puts a Colorado spruce. It makes it look dwarfed, but it's fast growing. If you need a fast growing evergreen, great. If you've got a big property, we need to control the, 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 the vistas, the wind now. It's a great one, but it also decorates nice. 
until it finally gets up beyond the ladder's height where it just goes, it's going to keep on growing. But Deodor cedar naturalizes really, really well here. There's some beautiful specimens. Got this, this wispy kind of branches coming out, easy to decorate. You can even climb them as a kid. We used to climb them as a tree, go up 50 feet in the air, make your mother go crazy. Get down from there. It's just got that perfect scaffolding to, to, to climb a tree with fast growing and hardy as can be lots of evergreen trees that look holiday as you can plant right now in your yard you're listening to local garden expert ken lane the owner of waters garden center he can be found throughout the week at waters garden center located in prescott 1815 iron springs road thanks for tuning in to the mountain gardener Water's companion plants that grow well together are blaze maple, burning bush, spicy mums, glamour kale, and red wall creeper. Water's red wall creeper is specially selected to dress up those miles of stockade fence. A mountain vine with rich green foliage turns fire engine red through autumn. Water's native vines are just $49 and both deer and rabbit proof. You'll find the showiest vines here at Water's Garden Center. Google, give me directions to Water's Garden Center. Wondering why the grass is always greener on the other side? Well, it's probably because your neighbor used the all-purpose fertilizer from Waters Garden Center. Monsoon is right around the corner, and it's the perfect time to feed your plants. Waters All-Purpose Fertilizer is the only organic made especially for Arizona mountain soils. Don't buy a bunch of different fertilizer for your flowers, veggies, trees, or grass. This one does it all. The plants on your side will be happier, healthier, well, greener. Safe, natural, organic. Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert, Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. Well, I sure hope that you had a a pleasant, safe Thanksgiving. That your holidays will be, to come, will be just blessed. Will just be fun. Decorations are going up. I just love this time of year driving through neighborhoods. Uh, we're putting ours up this weekend. So the out, outside and the inside, probably not the Christmas tree. So I think we're going with a living Christmas tree this year. So living trees are, you know, you've got cut trees. They're they're grown at, in a field. They're cut, the roots, they're cut severed from the roots. They're brought in. You, you put them on a, a tree stand, you decorate them, and they're dropping needles like crazy by the end of end of the holidays by, by by New Year's, hopefully they make it past Christmas. Um, living trees are that, but they're on the roots, and so there. When you get done, you take it outside and you plant it out in the yard afterwards. They're great for that. Um, they cost about the same as a cut tree. The negative, they'll be a little bit smaller, but they're on their roots. So the tree is physically smaller, but it's got that root ball. So it's sitting two feet above its root ball already. And then you can't keep them in, in the house quite as long. Because they're outdoor trees, they need to remain cold. We need to keep them asleep. And so you want to bring them in the house, use them a week, 10 days, no more than two weeks. I don't care what variety. It's not going to like that. And then you want to bring them back outdoors, get them used or acclimated to that cold again. Then you go plant them right out in the yard, you know, January 2nd, whatever. And so that's the negative with them. But if you're if you can go with the rhythm, you can keep that timing. You can if you can time things, um, it's a great way to go. Especially if you're in a new a new house, you need more landscaping. Boy, living trees are the way to go. 
Now, with that being said, be careful what variety you, you go with. You need to know there's all these desert varieties are brought up here and sold as living Christmas trees. Even houseplants. There's a houseplant variety of, of pine tree that will not grow outdoors. Um, the desert pine trees don't grow outdoors up in the up at elevation. They're, they'll get cold, they, and there's all kinds of diseases they get on. There's, there's, I could go on and on. So make sure you're doing your homework. You're buying a mountain pine or spruce that you can plant in your yard that will thrive afterwards in our climate. So just know who you're buying it from. Don't just go into Costco or the box stores or whatever, big orange and blues. Go, oh, that looks good. I'll take that. Use it for a week or two and then plant it outdoors. It might just die. And it wasn't you. They just brought their Phoenix inventory up here and sold it in the mountains and you were doomed from the from the second you put that thing in your cart. Just just be aware. And then there's all the fake, you know, plastic Chinese stuff. Smells like dust. <laughs> I don't know. We're going living tree this year. Anyway, enjoy your decorating. Enjoy the poinsettias, the amaryllis, the Christmas cactus, all the holiday garden stuff that happens, the rosemaries, the lavenders that are just decorated, made to look better than almost not real but they're beautiful and yes you can continue to garden have something living thriving in your indoor space even your outdoor gardens if you plan it just right and we're here to help i mean lisa and i we camp out here what we're here all weekend long because this shop small you know, support your small business folks you know this american express shop small thing um i i realize everyone's going to going to rush Walmart anyway. I Just afterwards, come say hi. We're here all weekend. We love talking to fans of the show or talking plants up with folks. And we love hanging out with gardeners, those folks that love funky hats and great gloves and just being out in fresh air. We love talking to gardeners. As I started the show, to my Jewish friends, may you have a blessed Hanukkah. I think that starts on the 10th of December. To my Christian friends, the merriest of Christmas, and to everyone else, have the happiest of holidays from all of us here at Waters Garden Center. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.